I am not anti or pro-Israel. I am not anti or pro-Palestinian. I believe uh, both people have the right to exist. I believe no particular person should be thrown off the land after a certain period of time. Uh, and, and I think most of us believe these types of issues because otherwise we would support natives coming and taking New York, Massachusetts, and other places. So I want to be frank here, and I want to make sure to take the position that my Jewish brothers and sisters don't think I'm going anti-Jew, and that my Palestinian brothers and sisters don't think I'm copping out because I'm not protecting them. I want it all. And the only way we can solve this problem is for us to have it all. And the truth of the matter is the business people in Israel and the business people in Palestine, meaning the occupied areas, but the business people in those occupied areas, guess what? They get along. They do business together. They have business enterprises together. But as usual, it's a power play that always has the average person fighting. But one of the reasons I love how diverse places like MSNBC has become, and, and, and CNN is trying to approach that area as well, is that you get different viewpoints and you get pushback where it would not have otherwise occurred. Watch how Ayman Mohyeldin takes care of the Israeli ambassador and it shows how important it is to have people who understand the area to talk about it. Check this out. So you also mentioned, as we just said, the Israeli foreign ministry uh, framed this as a uh, land dispute. And it's obviously working, as you mentioned, it's working through ju ju the judiciary. Excuse me. And we have the tweet there. From I mean, the I Israel. think, uh, to be fair, you had one side of the land dispute uh, and you interviewed them. You should get the other side as well, to be fair to the viewers. Oh, I think. We're happy Correct. to. We're happy to. We certainly will. We're, we've been covering the story and we certainly will have them as well. But th the point that I was trying to get to is you, the government, in this case, the Minister of Foreign Affairs, tweeted out that this is... So we're is, not part of the trial. Uh, hold we're on not part second. of the trial. We see it as a... As, yep. a, as a dispute between two two private individuals and, and what, whatever the courts decide. I think a that's fair. Absolutely, yeah. And that's why we were showing the tweet. We agree with you. That's what you are saying. So, But let me just say this really quickly, and I want to go back uh, to 2009 and play for you what was said by one of the settlers, one of the uh, Jewish claimants to that uh, in 2009 when they began to take over homes in Sheikh Jarrah. Listen to this. We take house after house because we prove in the... Uh, court that uh, this area uh, belonged to the Jewish and because that uh, all this area uh, will be a Jewish neighborhood. Our uh, dream that uh, all East Jerusalem uh, will be like uh, West Jerusalem, Jewish capital of Israel. So that man is now a member of the uh, Jerusalem City Council, and, and you're saying this is a land dispute. That sounds like a stated strategy to remove Palestinians from East Jerusalem to make it, as he said in his own words, a Jewish city. Well, he was speaking for himself. 
Well, he he's a spokesman for a settler organization. Israel. He's speaking for a settler organization. I understand organization. Yes, he was yeah. speaking for himself and as his organization. Yeah. And the person who you had on before was speaking for himself and his organization. He basically said Israel had no right to exist. He said my country was built on stealing other people's land. So you have different opinions on both sides. You have very strong opinions on both sides. I think you've got two people here who probably represent the more nationalist elements on their sides, and uh, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But in this dispute, ultimately. I think it's only fair that the courts will decide. Okay, so if if you know if you're saying he's a private citizen, let me play for you with the deputy mayor uh, of Jerusalem, a government official. Well, just, can, just, just, I'm happy if, to do hold that. Hold on, just one second. Just a second. Just a second. Be fair, I'm one second. One second. I want to read you. I just want to read for you what he just said. This is the deputy mayor of Jerusalem, Araya King. He said to the New York Times on Friday that what's happening right now in the city was, of course, part of a wider strategy of placing layers of Jews throughout the eastern half of the city. The goal being to secure the future of Jerusalem as a Jewish capital for the Jewish people. How should Arabs who are living in Jerusalem interpret statements like this by the deputy mayor of the city? So at the same time, the mayor of Jerusalem is saying that he wants to improve services for the I'm Arab asking population. You about that specific comment. I'm asking you about that specific comment. How should they I mean, interpret? You didn't interrupt the, the guy speaking before me. You didn't interrupt once, not once. And you're not letting me finish a sentence, sir. I don't want to complain, but please. Yeah, the but I, I, I was just asking said, you specifically about that. I'm answering your question. Go ahead. The mayor of Jerusalem has said specifically over and over again, that he wants to invest more in the Arab sector. He wants to see the Arab sector in Jerusalem thrive. We're investing more and more money. And as you know, since Israel reunified the city in 1967, the Arab population here has grown. It's more prosperous. The whole city is more prosperous and more affluent. United Jerusalem is a city that is a success story and will continue to be so. Okay, well, according to uh, Israeli reports, only 7% of the building permits issued in Jerusalem over the past few years have gone to Palestinians. They make up 40% uh, of the city's population. Let me also, with the same official that we were just talking about, Arai King, the deputy minister, he was there in Sheikh Jarrah the other day, uh, and he said, and there was video of it, he said to one of the Palestinian activists that was there on the ground, Mohammed Abu Hamas, who had previously been shot, uh, saying it's a pity he wasn't shot in the head. What do you make of an official in that position speaking to members of his constituency? Well, to be fair, there were people demonstrating in Sheikh Jarrah with Hamas flags. And, you know, Hamas calls for the murder of all Israelis. So, I mean, how am I supposed to see that? I mean, if you can find extremists and you want to say that represents Israel, you can do that if you want to paint that picture. He's the deputy mayor of Jerusalem. I'm not, I'm not selecting a fringe element. He's the deputy well, no, mayor of Jerusalem. I was, talking, I was talking about the deputy mayor. I was talking about the thing. Israel. I'm, I'm saying to you, the deputy the mayor told one of, of his constituents he should be shot in the head. I'm asking you. I'm not talking I, I, I about an extremist nationalist. I don't, I don't know the quote you're talking about. I do know this. The policy of the government and the policy of the municipality of Jerusalem is to be encompassing. And we want to see a diverse Jerusalem, a Jerusalem where all its inhabitants, Jews and Arabs, everyone can feel at home. That's the policy of the government. We want to see all of Israel, all of Jerusalem developing in a positive way, increased prosperity, better education, better infrastructure for all of the inhabitants of the city because we know a united Jerusalem, a stronger Jerusalem is good for everyone. As you very well know, the international community does not recognize uh, your sovereignty over East Jerusalem. A spokesperson for the United Nations High Commissioner uh, said that any actions in Jerusalem that are enforced that would ultimately evict Palestinian families under international humanitarian law may amount to a war crime. What do you say to the international community who does not recognize Israel's sovereignty over East Jerusalem and says what you're doing to families like Mohammed al-Kurds and others is possibly a war crime? 
We think that is the politicization of international law. Okay, uh, the reason that I wanted to show this piece, and, and you know, this piece was on as I was preparing the show, and about, I didn't start uh, grinding it and cutting it until 10 minutes before the show. And the reason I did that is, when I saw that interchange, there are not many interchanges that you see on cable news or news that really, really challenges, let's say, Israeli ambassadors, etc. And Ayman Mohyeldin, he did it respectfully, but he didn't let this guy come on air and blow smoke up, you know what? Look, there are faults to be going around all around. But the truth of the matter is, uh, I want all of you to ask yourself a question. If you are living on a piece of land for the last 50 years, and somebody comes and say, and, and by the way, you have the deed to that land based on all the political stuff that has happened over the last several decades, and somebody kicks you off the land, how would you feel? If you lived in a society that says this is a state of a particular religion and other people live in that state, what does it tell you? Does it tell you that if you are not of that religion, you are a second-class citizen or that it is impossible for that to be a democracy? We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.